When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Good morning, Ohio. James Lewis of the Gruen Truth Radio Network here with Austin Idol, the Universal Heartthrob. So, Austin, thank you for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. And, James, you know, I'm going to tell you what's crazy. Just yesterday, and I do very, very few podcasts. I really do. But but yesterday, I I did one as a guest, and the name of the podcast was The Ultimate Lie. And the host said, man, you were the best best guest we've ever had on. (laughs) The Ultimate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. You know, just uh, start off with a little humor. Don't hurt nothing, right? Never hurts anything. So what was life like growing up in Tampa Bay, Florida? Oh, wow, man, it was great, James. That's great. It really was fantastic. Uh, Gosh, man, Tampa was so cool at the time. And uh, I was involved with sports. And it was just really amazing. It... yeah, the culture, you know, there was the culture, too. You had that Latino culture that I'm still such a huge fan of Spanish and Cuban food and uh, history. And, you're, you're, you know, you're, you got Tampa Bay there, the water, which is a nice thing unless you crash in a plane in it. But, uh, you know, it was just a great time. It really was a great time. So, uh, you know, sometimes I miss it, but, uh, you know, most of the time I don't, you know. So when did you fall in love with professional wrestling? Gosh, you know, I I tell you the truth, I I really didn't. (laughs) You know, I really didn't fall in love with professional wrestling. I just happened to be training, working out, uh, and that's a long story, but nevertheless, it, it ended up happening where I was working out weights, powerlifting, with uh, Eddie Graham, who owned uh, the Florida Territory, if you will, with his son, Mike Graham. Neither one of them were with us any longer, but over at uh, Mike's house, they had a double car garage. It was converted into a gym. So uh, I was training over there with Mike, and I would see Eddie come and go, you know, and this is so charismatic, you know, me really with man's man, and, you know, and I was working construction, in the heat, you know, the hot, sweltering heat in Tampa, Florida. And one day that uh, Mike said, let's go and get some water. We walked into Mike's house. This is actually the first time I ever went in there. And Eddie was uh, sitting in a recliner and on the phone, and I heard him say as we passed behind him on our way to the kitchen, so you'll, you'll pay him $1,000 a week and all his expenses. Now I'm working construction. So I said, wow, wow, what, what's all that about? And I asked Mike when we got out of the, went out of the house back into the gym, I said, Mike, who was your dad talking to? He said, oh, he was talking to the promoter in Australia, and the, and the promoter wants his dad to send him a, a wrestler, and he'll pay him a $1,000 a week. Dang. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a pretty good deal, especially back well, then. You know, well, listen, you better believe it was a big deal in 1972, I guess, or 72. So, uh, yeah, that... Uh, that stuck in my mind for sure, and I kept thinking, $1,000 a week? Man, that's when I fell in love with professional wrestling. 
said, I got to get in this thing. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but there's got to be a way. I've got to get in this business. Boom. So tell us about your first persona, Iron Mike Mercado, McCord. Well, yeah, it was Mike McCord, actually. I mean, uh, actually, really, uh, I started off as uh, Dennis McCord, and then uh, I was shipped out to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, starving to death. I got a break coming out of Nashville through Jerry Briscoe and uh, and went to Charlotte. Went to Charlotte and really started doing real well. They made me Rookie of the Year in Charlotte, Mid-Atlantic, which is where I'm living now, but not in Charlotte, but in Greenville, South Carolina. But it's still the Mid-Atlantic, you know, and it's a very, you know, it's a huge NWA footprint. Uh, so uh, I got a break there. Started making some money and uh, had an opportunity to go to Australia. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had an opportunity to go to Australia and with a $1,000 week guarantee. Now, they, Jim Crockett, who owned the business... Uh, just made me rookie of the year. I mean, I was on my way. You know, I mean, I was making about $700, $750 a week. This is 72 Pretty good. Just coming out of starvation. And uh, so I went to Mr. Crockett and gave him my notice, and he couldn't believe it. Went to Australia. I'm making 1000 bucks a week. Yeah, Jim Barnett was the promoter. He owned the business. Uh, the the company ended up shutting down, and uh, Barnett said to me, he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I have no idea. He said, what do you want to do? And immediately I said, I want to go to New York. He said, I'll call Vince, Vince Sr. at the time. I'll call Vince. I'll be over in Hawaii staying at the Surfrider Hotel. Here's my number. Call me in four or five days. I called him. He said, okay, you're booked. Oh, wow. You start... Yeah, he said, you start doing TVs in uh, whatever, March, March, I think it was. This would have been 73. I go to New York. Oh, but I, I, said to, I said to Jim Barnett, I said, Jim, I want to go in there as Mike McCord. I just had a better, you know, just kind of rolled off better. You know what I mean? Mike McCord, double M. He said, okay, I'll tell Vince. Uh, I went in as Mike McCord after. And, you know, I was kind of. On the lower end of the card, you know, I'm a new kid in town, and, you know, and uh, after a few weeks, Miss uh, McMahon Sr. said, hey, kid, I really like what you're doing, your work ethic, I like, I mean, the whole thing. He said, I'm going to put you with Captain Lou Albano, who was scorching red hot as a manager there, and said, I'm going to start calling you Iron Mike McCord. Sounds awesome. And start, yeah, and start making you some money. And he did. And he did. And I did. And that's when Iron Mike became Iron Mike in 1973 with the WWF. Yeah. What did you learn from your time with Captain Lou Albano? Oh, you can't. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'd have to sit down and talk for days and days. But uh, he was brilliant. I mean, the guiding light, the captain, he was brilliant. And... Uh, and where I really was so fortunate when Lou as my manager, I didn't have to say anything. And I didn't because really it would have been stupid and I wasn't capable of really doing that. So Lou would do all the talking for me. But what I really learned from him is was, was his spontaneity. I mean, and, and he was all over the map. It didn't really make any difference if it made any sense or not. And he was just nonstop, all over the map. He 
He was funny when he needed to be. He was dead serious when he needed to be. And his level of confidence of just throwing it out there was incredible. And I, 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 I was there with him side by side or behind him or whatever for a while until I, I started figuring it out. I said, man, this guy, he's, he's phenomenal. He's great. If I can be anywhere as, as close to being as good to him, I, I, I'm going to be really good on that mic. There you go. Exactly. Just a wide variety of emotions that professional wrestling can create, especially when you have a legend like Captain Lou Albano. I mean, you can't go wrong there. And speaking of legends, the way I understand it, around that time, you uh, had a feud with Pedro Morales? Yeah, I had a few matches with the champ. I sure did. And, uh, you know, you think about that, James. I mean, here I am, a young kid. I just went through these transitions, you know, and they all happened quickly. And now I'm wrestling for the belt with Pedro Morales, and uh, and Vince told me he says you're going to have some you're going to have some title matches with Pedro Morales, but they're not going to be in the Garden. He said, but they'll be in some nice you know there'll be some smaller venues and a couple of good ones you know bigger venues you know. But uh, I mean you know I mean it was phenomenal. I mean and plus plus I believe I was the first kid really from the South that ever went to the WWF, you know? Exactly. WWF. Yeah, because yeah, at that time year. point, it was more uh, territory-based, so you more stayed where you were from, I guess. Well, I mean, for, 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 for New York, I mean, they brought, this, I mean, they had international stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, they weren't just from, I mean, you had Don Leo Jonathan from Canada, and he was a star, man. They had, uh, King Curtis Iakea, who I'd met and was the incredible talent in Australia. Spiros Arion, I mean, the, uh, Tiger Jeet Singh, they had all these international stars, so New, New York was, there wasn't anything else like it in the country. Nothing, even close to it. I mean, it was the Big Apple, uh, and nothing else could compare to it. Nothing else. Did the- so that's how, that's how lucky I was, James. Oh, definitely. It sounds like it. I mean, it sounds like that was the place to be when it comes to professional wrestling. The only place to be it was the only it was Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden, Philly Arena, um, Baltimore, Washington. I mean, you, you know the, the big markets and the little ones in between. You know, Gorilla Monsoon, uh, Bruno San Martino, George the Animal Steel. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. I, mean, I was around all those guys as a kid. Can you imagine the education? Oh my, yeah. I mean, definitely. That that would be the people you'd want to learn from and and want to emulate. I mean, the, their success in professional wrestling is just, I mean, so legendary. Oh, and they're helpers, too. I mean, you know, they were helpers. They're helpers. You know, so, uh, you know, I, I would ask questions. But I'd get answers, and I'd get the right answers, and that's the way it should be. You know, you help people. You know, people are eager to learn. You know, I've got this wrestling college here in... Uh, they just opened up, uh, been ending up our second week here in Greenville. I've got these great kids, James. I mean, they're so hungry and eager and passionate. They want to learn. So they're great listeners. They're great listeners. And they're getting taught the right way. It's, exactly. just a, it's, a, beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. That's how it should be. So yeah. the, uh, the plane crash, how did yeah. that change your character physically and mentally? 
men dramatically, uh, physically. At the time of the crash, I was probably around 300 pounds, you know, Iron Mike, probably about 300 pounds. And so anyway, that, that was, uh, you know, obviously a terrible thing, you know, as, and we all really, you would think we, if you looked at the, the photos of the plane, I don't know if you've seen them or not, have you? Yes, yeah, I've seen them. Mm-hmm. You, when you look at that, you say, there's no way anybody could survive that. It's not possible. There's very little left of the plane, twisted steel, twisted whatever. I mean, it's just, it's hard to fathom anybody could have survived it. So just surviving it was miraculous, I mean, totally miraculous. So anyway, you go through the, the, the trauma and the shock and uh, and the, a tremendous amount of pain of the rehabilitation. You know, you're rehabbing, rehabbing, re- it seemed like rehabbing. I mean, I couldn't walk for the longest time, crawling around on my knees. and It was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad. But I, I was thankful to be alive, you know. So, you know, finally when I could, you know, start hobbling around, you know, uh, um, what money I did have saved was gone. You couldn't get insurance at the time in the wrestling business, so I mean, I mean, really, I was down down to nothing, and even I did not want to go back to the wrestling business, but out of necessity, I felt like God, I'm going to have to do something. So uh, I ended up going to uh, Atlanta as Iron Mike McCord. I'm hot off that plane crash. I mean, I couldn't even wear, I couldn't put on boots, so I had to really, truly, legitimately. I had to wrap my feet in gauze and tape them up. I mean, it's terrible, man. Terrible. But I became a huge fan favorite there. I mean, I really did. People just uh, gravitated to me, and it was great. And uh, the, the territory was scorching hot. I mean, it's hot. Really hot. Super hot. And uh, finally, uh, I got phlebitis, a blood clot in the bottom of my uh, shin, one of my legs. And it was really bad. And the doctor said, "Listen, man, you got to you got to lay down and take these anticoagulants and keep your head, your leg elevated and just hope and pray that it, that thing dissolves and doesn't break loose from the wall of your vein and go to your heart, your lungs, your brain, or whatever stroke death." Oh damn! Oh, oh, scared me to death, man. It scared me to death. Yeah, and I was, actually, I was the champion at the time. I think it was, yeah, I was. I was a Georgia heavyweight champion at the time. And I'm, so they wanted me to go, they wanted me to work. They wanted me to go to uh, Augusta, Georgia on a Monday night. And I said, no, I'm not doing it, man. I'm, I mean, I'm scared yeah, for my life. Exactly. Well you, have, you, well, you have to go. I said, well, I don't have to go, and I'm not going to go. So you can come pick up the belt. And they did. And uh, after that, and finally the, my, you know, my leg got better. I'm still around 300 pounds. And I said to myself, so you know what? Uh-uh. You just got off the plane crash. Now you've got this. You're going home to Tampa. You're not going to do anything but really get on a serious regiment of training and proper nutrition, and you're going to lose 100 pounds. It's going to take you a year to do it because that's two pounds a week, yeah. basically. 52 weeks, two pounds a week. You're going to get down to 200 pounds, and I did that. And it went all the way down to 198. But as I was getting down, like, in the 220s, you know, and I really had no desire to get, go back to the wrestling business. I was just go get a job. You know, I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm starting to like this guy. I said, man, he's looking good. <laughs> you know? So I said, this guy's looking good. I think I might be able to make something out of this dude. 
And henceforth, Austin Idol. Nice. So that's when you became the Universal Heartthrob. Yeah, I mean, I came up with a name. I said, I need to have a cool name. It's got to be memorable. So I said, well, Austin is memorable. Idol. Memorable, man. I can do all kinds of things with Idol. Idol mania. And then I need a tag. Universal heartthrob. Austin Idol, the universal heartthrob. The women's pet, the men's regret. You know, it just all this was coming to me. You know, it was coming. I'm just developing, developing myself without even being back in the business yet. You know, I'm gonna do my hair. I'll do my hair blonde. You know, man mannerisms. You know, just creating the creating person. character exactly. Yeah. Yeah, building it uh, and just the work that goes into it. I mean, you know, people don't really. Uh, acknowledge that a lot but that is yeah one of the most important parts of the business well yeah i mean it is you know and i didn't want to be like everybody else i mean and i I really wasn't i mean i've been compared a little bit to uh, billy graham you know which is probably true but my style was totally different at the time i i'd say from anybody's in the business it was totally different. My promos were totally different. Uh, the mannerisms, totally different. And things that I did in the ring, I mean, I had I had a, a little bit of a playbook that some particular uh, moves that I had that nobody else did because they didn't know how to do them. But I did, and I used them, especially in the beginning when I got back when I back to work as this guy, this new guy, I knew I had to have, I knew I had to be memorable quickly in order to have, have any success. Is that when you started a feud with Lawler? No, I started, no, actually I went from, no, I actually went from, uh, I, I, when, when I became Austin Idol, I went to Dallas, Texas. That didn't work out. But it didn't work out. But it, in a sense, it was a good thing for me. You know, I just didn't. I want to say I just. It was a different thing. You know, I mean, we got politics is involved in everything, every business, and for the political aspect of it, they just weren't going to let me get in. But uh, at the time, oh man, Kevin Von, Kevin Von Erich, Kevin and I were uh, in the main event in Fort Worth. Texas, which is not far from Dallas, and Fort Worth, Texas, never, never drew any money. It just didn't. Kevin and I, and I'm on my way out now. I'm leaving. Kevin and I drew the biggest house they'd ever had in Fort Worth, Texas, and that's when I knew this idle guy. He's got it. He's got it because that town they couldn't draw money. Boom. And Kevin was just a young kid. He really didn't know what he was doing. I was just, I was new as Austin Idol, but I got, I, I got myself over. And then, I, so anyway, I went to Portland, Oregon. Not a good experience at all. Left Portland. Went back home to Tampa with no job, no nothing, nothing under, not even uh, anything in my, on the radar of a possibility. I'm working out at the gym. And uh, Rocky Johnson, who is no longer with us, The Rock's father, was training there too. He was in the, the Tampa Territory. 
and and Rocky was going back and forth to Memphis. And I saw him at the gym one day. He said, "Idol, man, you need to go to Memphis. You're gonna." Oh, actually, before that, I I went back and forth to the Sheik a little bit in Detroit. They were trying to rebuild Detroit, so uh, it didn't happen. Their TV was they didn't have a good TV, but the but what they had though was uh, this talent, man. Myself and the Funks and Mark Lewin and oh my man, the Abdullah, the Butcher. I mean, they had tremendous talents. Uh, so I did that for you know half a dozen times. And then I saw Rocky. He said, you got to go to Memphis, man. You're going to make a lot of money. I said, oh, no, Rocky. No, uh uh-uh, no. I did the Tennessee thing, starved with Nick Goulas. He says, no, this is not Nick Goulas. The territory's been divided. This is Jerry Jarrett. He owns it. Jerry Jarrett's the one that owns the territory. He said, he pays. He pays. He's a good payer, man. He said, let me... He's he's really... He's asking me, let me mention your name to... To Jared. I said, oh, wow. okay, go ahead. Yeah, he says, go. I said, okay, Rocky, I appreciate it. And he says, here's my number. I get a call from Jared. He says, hey, would you come up and do a TV? I said, yeah, I will. I said, but I don't want to wrestle on TV. He said, you what? I said, I don't want to wrestle on TV. He said, why don't you want to wrestle on TV? I said, because I don't want to give it away free. <laughs> If they, if they do want to watch me, which I didn't know if they did or not, if they do want to, I want them to pay to see me. So Jerry Jerry said, okay, well, just come up and, and do a, cut a promo. I said, okay. So he flew me up. And he just said, go out there and just get after it. And I did. I went out there and I just cut it. I mean, I knew that this was a pivotal point. I've got to go out here and crush this promo. And, man, I did. I came back and Jerry Jerry said, Man, that was fantastic. I want you to come in. We're going to put billboards up all around town, everything. And I said, Jerry, listen, now we're playing poker now. We're in a poker situation. Remember, I don't have a job. (laughs) I don't have a job. I'm unemployed. And I said, Jerry, I said, I really appreciate it, but I don't want to work full time. He said, you don't want to work full time? I said, no, I I really don't. I said, but I'll I'll work part time. I'll come work Memphis on Monday, Louisville on Tuesday, over to Evansville on Wednesday, once a month at Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky on a Thursday. He said, okay. Oh, wow. Nice. So I knew then. I said, man, I got a part time job. This guy's, he's a good, he's a good payoff guy. Yeah. All I got to do is fly. Yeah, I'm doing a spline. I'm not. And people thought that, well, I was afraid to fly. Man, I flew back and forth to that Tennessee thing on and off for years. I was never afraid to get back in a plane. Never. Total misnomer. But anyway, uh, yeah, and so it was a Christmas night. Uh, I just really got to the territory in Memphis, and I'm booked against Jerry Lawler for, at the time, his, his belt, the Southern title. Place is packed. Packed. Christmas night. And I beat... Lawler for his belt. The people were shocked. They could not believe this because I'm still new. Yeah. They don't really. I'm not. I'm not proven. You know. I'm. I'm unproven. And they figure, well, this is just another stepping stone for Lawler because he, he beats everybody. They were shocked. I won the belt on a Christmas night. They were shocked, and then boom, idol was over. Is it true that he burned your neck during a match? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because, you know, Jerry was famous for throwing that fireball, man. Yeah, he's famous for throwing fire. 
And you know, if it hits you, you know, if it makes it makes it's it's fire. So yeah, he hit me in the neck with the with the fireball. You know, oh, wow. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, and I cut a heck of a promo. You know, what I mean, because it singed my neck. You know, so I said, well, you know, he, he was going for my eye. You know, but he didn't. He missed out. And blah blah blah. You know, so we were we were about. I, I would say Lawler and I were about as hot as any two guys anywhere in the country. So tell us about your partner in crime, Tommy Rich. Wildfire, Tommy, Tommy Rich. Well, Tommy and I never... Well, Tommy, I met Tommy in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, t- when I first went to... Matter of fact, when I first went to Atlanta for uh, TBS, and Atlanta was... Atlanta was Atlanta. I mean, it was the only uh, wrestling promotion that was on a f- almost national t- television, even though the... The, the, the cable, you know, was young and it wasn't, they didn't have uh, the, the subscribership, you know, like they do now. Everybody has cable, you know, but then they were still kind of new. But nevertheless, you're on the Turner Broadcasting System every Saturday night at 6.05, the Superstation, which automatically makes you a star because you're on that big big TV. You are a star. Well, Tommy Rich was there. Mr. Wrestling 2, who unfortunately just passed away, was there. The Andersons, I mean, the superstar, I mean, they had a crew. I mean, their talent was crazy. Crazy good. And that's where I met Tommy. And um, one thing led to another. And we ended up wrestling each other. Uh, And it was... uh, and it was very successful. I mean, I wrestled all those guys. I mean, James, I didn't even really ever, I never really thought about it. You know, I don't think too much about the past. You know what I mean? I really don't. But it was probably, I don't know, three or four months ago, somebody reached out to me and said, Idol, do you realize that you wrestled all the top guys when I was the bad boy? And when I was the bad boy, all the top guys in Atlanta, back then and I never really thought about it but after he said it I thought well yeah I guess I did I mean Tommy Rich and I were hot I broke his leg hot Mr. Wrestling 2 and I uh-huh. we were hot I mean I mean, I had something going on with everybody Mark Lewin and Kevin Sullivan oh wow so yeah I mean it seems like uh, everyone was there at some point well I mean I, I kind of I mean honestly it's not in a braggadocious way but as the bad guy, I mean, I kind of carried the place. I mean, in a sense. I mean, it's a package deal. It's a team effort, yes. But, I mean, even Kevin Sullivan, who became a big deal, they didn't even want to use him. And Kevin knows this is the truth. Kevin and I are still friends to this day. They didn't want to use him. And I almost had to beg Ole Anderson, who was the talent coordinator, commonly called the Booker. I said, bring him in, man. I'm telling you, Kevin and I will draw money. No, 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 it's too small, too small. So So I said, huh? Oh, I was going to say, what other special stipulation matches did you have with Lawler? Oh, God, there's so many of them, James. We had all kinds of stipulation matches. I mean, mean, we did. But it was, I mean, it was more than that. You know, it was just more than that. I mean, the thing with Lawler was, it was two guys who hated each other. And 
had this history of injuries. I mean, Lawler, we wrestled one night in Evansville, Indiana. I'm on my way home now. I'm going back to Florida. It was a Wednesday night. Well, next thing I know, there's a newspaper article out on Lawler where he collapsed in the airport. Internal hemorrhaging. Oh, dang. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But I know in the, in the article, it was, and we had just wrestled the night before. Apparently, Idol kicked him in the stomach or whatever the case may be. But, boom, boom. Well, all of a sudden, you know, now that's just another layer of of heat yep. for Idol. Wow, you just put Lawler out. Lawler had to go to the hospital. Internal hemorrhaging. Well, that made, that went all around TV. Uh, I threw. I think I threw ink in his eyes when I. Well, he's, now he's blinded. Rich and I pulled yanked him into the post. Bang! He's out. He had to have surgery. The doctor came on TV. I mean, it just it was one layer after another after another, and uh, he burns me with the fire. You know, he it just. It was just back and forth of two guys that were just trying to kill each other. and uh, But yet, at all, some point, you tagged up to win the tag titles. It was huge. It was huge. It was so huge. Yeah, uh, yeah it was so huge because he had nobody left. To, to Nobody left he could reach out to. And he, you know, he, he cautiously reaches out to me, his arch enemy, to come wrestle with him. And I agree. Now, the wrestling fans, they know this is not going to work out. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to work out. And on, on my promos, I mean, I'm basically, I'm going for, I'm going, the only reason I'm doing it is for the money. It's not for Lawler. I still hate him. Mm -hmm. and, if he, and if he tries anything cute, you know, I make that threat. Let people know that if he tries anything, I'm going to be all over him. Well, now people know. They know. Well, idols, this, this is not going to work out. Well, it did. Oh, cool. But, but yeah, it was very cool. But the trust, see, the trust was never there. Lawler was more trusting of me, but I really never was. It I, No, I became trusting, but it took a long time for me to actually trust him. And once that happened, then we became this huge tag team. I mean, they, they, I mean, honestly, James, for a long time, they could put anybody with us and we'd have a huge crowd because Lawler and I were hot, you know, and then they brought the road warriors in for the very first time. And Oh, wow. Man, oh, road warriors had never been to Memphis and they were hot off TV and you know I mean hot off Atlanta TV and they brought the road warriors in I mean God, man talk about bedlam oh definitely and shoot you're going to be reunited with the road warriors on uh, retromania that's yeah oh man that's going to you know I'm so excited about that I mean well those guys Mike Herman and Michael Archer Michael Archer I mean and the whole team uh, what they've done with that uh, is I mean it blows my mind. Uh, I'm a lucky guy to be part of it. I'm very lucky. and I was one of the, wasn't the first one for sure, but, you know, I was one of the early guys that to get on the roster, you know, they reached out and uh, Michael Archer, who's a great guy, reached out and, and I said, yeah, man, I'm in. And it's been a long time and they're just working their tails off. But everything I see on it, you know, I mean, how the roster has expanded, man. God, 
Yeah, it looks amazing. And the nice oh. thing is, it's not that far off. I want to say it's uh, July is when they're projecting it to be out. And, yeah, I'm definitely anticipating that. I mean, like you said the roster is just amazing. I mean, it's got such a wide and eclectic uh, group of wrestlers. Yeah, it's, it's so smart. I mean, you got the Indies. You know, you got some of the, the, the seasoned vets like myself and the Road Warriors. They brought Nick Aldis in, the NWA champ. And, uh, and, and matter of fact, even they've even put my ring in, in, in the in the game, which I'm so excited about that. So you see the Universal Wrestling College uh, website around the skirt of the ring, you know, and that's cool too, you know that what I mean? That is cool. It's very, very cool. I'm totally over the moon about it. It's going to be great. I know it's going to be great. These guys have just done a, a tremendous job of retromania wrestling. Now, you mentioned Nick Aldis. The way I understand it, at one point, were you going to be his manager, or were you his manager? Yeah, I was. I was his manager. Uh, my friend Billy Corgan, a little shout-out to Billy, who's a phenomenal guy. Uh, he's just phenomenal. And his partner, David Legano, they're great people. Uh, yeah, Billy and I, uh, we hit it off. And so they brought me into New Jersey where Nick was wrestling as the challenger against Tim Storm in New Jersey. And it was a raucous, wild, crazy crowd. <laughs> nuts. I mean nuts. So I was uh, Nick's manager for the night. Nick wins the belt. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It was totally awesome. Nick wins the belt, and I'm there as his manager. It was a moment. It was a moment, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, a night or two later, uh, we went to, uh, well, no, we, I'm not sure now. I know we, I know we went back, I know we went back there and we did Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore, mm -hmm. which was great, uh, and also somewhere else there for good. And he's going to be on the game as well. Yeah, yeah, Tommy's on it, in it too, you know, <laughs> I mean. Gosh, they've got so much talent in this thing. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. And then Nick and I did a couple. Um, uh, we did a busted open uh, series uh, with uh, oh, David LaGreca, Mark Henry, which was cool in uh, New York in the city. And uh, yeah, just great time with those guys. And nothing but nothing but love for them. I mean, really, Nick. Man, Nick is a tremendous champion. Tremendous champion. It really is. Oh, definitely. I know what you mean. I remember when he was Magnus in Impact Wrestling, and you could yeah. tell he was going to be somebody. I mean, he had he had all the characteristics, all the uh, intangibles to be a very talented star. As soon as he got the opportunity to move up the card, you knew he could uh, really do some great things. Oh, yeah. And he's a class act, man. He's a great athlete. I mean, and he looks great, takes care of himself. He's smart. You know, he's very articulate, he's a great communicator, and uh, he's, he's a good person. You know, James, he's a good person. He's a really quality, quality guy. So, uh, you know, it's nice, it's really nice knowing Nick and being able to say uh, he's a friend and I'm a friend. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, um, when you're not doing professional wrestling, I understand you do motivational speaking? 
Well, right. I, well, I, I, I do, and I can, and I will, if somebody, you know, if, if it's if it's somebody who reaches out and there's, you know, an agreement. But right now, my really my my main focus really is on my Universal Wrestling College. That I mean that's my total focus right now. Uh, we train three days a week. Yesterday was one of our training days. Mondays and Wednesdays for two and a half hours, then Saturday morning. And that's really, it, 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 it requires a lot. It really requires a lot because, you know, when you're in a position like this, to you have to have the right leadership skills. You want to teach not just wrestling. I mean, you want to teach leadership skills and life skills and, you know, how you can take yourself out into society and succeed. And it's an important thing. And that's why I call it a college. It's not a school. It's a college. You get more than just, okay, we're going to teach you how to, the basic fundamentals of wrestling, which are critical. They're critical. You've got to start with the basic fundamentals. We're going to teach them mic skills, how to cut a promo, get that confidence going in front of a camera. And teach them mannerisms, too. You know, mannerisms. We're just kind of doing some stuff on that now. And and my kids, man, I call my young warriors, young idolaters. They're, they're amazing. I mean, they're amazing. I've got a great uh, trainer in Shane Stencil. He's a cool guy, and he knows his he knows his wrestling. He really is talented, you know. But all these boys, I mean, they're just, uh, they're, they're incredible. Sounds like the place for anybody who's looking to become a professional wrestler. So, uh, what's the website for that? It is universalwrestlingcollege.com. Universalwrestlingcollege.com. Easy to find. we got a great website. You can sign up right off the website. You can contact us right off the website. But but the, the space itself... Um, James is is it's it's like a, a sports complex. It's twelve thousand square feet. Oh wow! It's nice. a, oh, it's big. Yeah. It's big. It's in a prime location in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, my neighbor, who's under the same roof, and he's right there, is Michael Cole with four, like in the number four four balanced fitness. Mm-hmm. And Michael is an extraordinary fitness and nutrition guru. So we have all this training equipment, machines and equipment, like kind of like on one side, and a little bit around me, around the ring, you know, butting up against the wall. Mm-hmm. So you can come here and get it all. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, like you've got everything that you need to really uh, advance in the wrestling industry. It's, a, it's really like a performance center. I don't think, I, I would doubt that there's anything else like it independently like this in the country. Maybe I would I would seriously doubt it. You know, you can talk about 12,000 square feet here, man. That's big. That's oh, a yeah. big building. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like, yeah, and it sounds like oh. you've got everything, all the information that you would need and all the... Uh, all the nutritional supplements and everything that could uh, really change lives and really uh, help uh, expand. Uh, so do you put on events? No, 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 no. Not. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen at some point, but not right now. I mean, not right now. You know, with the virus thing, you know, it just 
Yeah, you know, it stopped everything, shut oh, yeah, everything down. Yeah, with that. But I mean, yeah, it, after you coach these guys up, I mean, of course, you're going to have shows and stuff for them to to star in, I would assume. Well, well, you know, wrestling has not really opened up yet, you know, but here in this general vicinity, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, there's a lot of independent promotions out there, but they haven't opened yet. But they're going to. It's not too far away now. It's coming. It's coming. So it, the timing is actually perfect because as these kids develop, and they're developing at warp speed because they're so smart and hungry, they're developing at warp speed. So as they continue to develop and then finally get it together where, okay, I'm ready to go, and they're, they're going to get booked. Oh, they're going to get they're going to get booked, and, and then once they get in that front of that first live audience, whether there's 50 people there or 500, it's going to be a whole another, another whole another experience for them. But I'm preparing them. I'm definitely prepping them, and they're going to be ready. I mean, you'd have to be here to see it and feel it to really understand what's happening here. It's just, it's amazing. Totally amazing. And we established how you've got a connection with the the past of professional wrestling, but the way I understand it, you also have a strong partnership with the future professional wrestling, not just your students, obviously they are the future, but also AEW wrestling. Well, Tony Khan is an incredible guy, and uh, he's a very... You know, he's just a nice guy. I mean, he really, really is a nice guy. So, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, to do a couple, like, legend appearances uh, with the AEW and that whole that that whole crew I mean it's it's really it's amazing what they've done you know and what they're doing and uh, what their passion is and and Tony he's the guy obviously and uh, and he's you know I have a relationship with him you know I really do so you know I mean we all start somewhere Exactly. You know, we all start somewhere, and one thing for sure about professional wrestling, they're always going to have to have new talent. Oh, definitely. That's always what they're looking for is that next big star, and it sounds like your uh, college is creating those next big stars. You know, it, you know, it, we can, James, we can do it. It's just a matter of commitment, and that's it, quite often it stops people, unfortunately. They want it, they want it, they want it. But what are they willing to do to get it? You know, that's the thing. You know, you, you, you can want anything as much as you want to, but it's what are you willing to do to get it? Are you willing to pay the price? I mean, we don't beat people up here. We teach them. But it's not free. College isn't free. It's not free. But for the cost of what we're it's very inexpensive. But it's still, there is a cost. Exactly. I know what you mean. So, uh, before we let you go, where yeah. on social media, where on the web, where's the best places to find out more about Austin Idol and his college and all the other great things you're getting into? Well, you can, there's a few different ways to, to go. I mean, you can just go to my, you can go to austinidollive.com, Austin Idol Live. You'll see a lot on Austin Idol Live. And then the, the the specific website for the college is universalwrestlingcollege.com. Universal Wrestling College. And you'll really get an in-depth look about who we are, what we're doing, what we offer, and why you want to be part of it. Social media-wise, you'll find, you'll find me on Facebook, 
You'll find the college on Facebook. You'll find Universal Heartthrob on Facebook, Austin Idol Live on Facebook. Uh, you'll find me on IG. You know, you can hook up with me on IG. I'm, I'm very active on so, on the socials. Twitter, you know, at Austin Idol Live. So, yeah, I'm all over there. You know, I'm doing all that stuff, you know, on a regular, daily basis. Sounds awesome. And then of yeah, course, it's fun. And of course, fun, on, hopefully sometime your uh, new wrestling game is coming out, Retro Mania. <laughs> so, I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of great things going on. Oh, I'm so thankful, James. I'm really thankful. And I appreciate you having me on. I hope I haven't bored you to death. No, it's been my pleasure. We've thoroughly enjoyed having you as a guest on the show. And uh, definitely would love to have you back in the future. I want to be back. I want to come back. I'll be back, baby. I'll be back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.